0: And we are going to uh, look today at uh, the Beatitudes, the first uh, um, few verses there of uh, Matthew chapter 5. As we've been talking about, um, Jesus has, has begun his ministry. He's encouraged people to repent because the kingdom is near He's begun to call his followers, he's uh, preaching, and he's healing diseases, and all of these crowds who are made up of poor people, of people that need health care, of people that are uh, not the top of society, um, are following around, and people have come from all of the cities, uh, Galilee, capitalists Jerusalem, Judea, all over have come out to the countryside where Jesus is doing his ministry out away from the halls of power and are trying to figure out what is going on. What is this good news of the kingdom that Jesus is preaching? And so Jesus... Beginning chapter 5 here. Now, when Jesus saw the crowns, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. But his disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So Jesus begins to teach. He begins to explain what he's talking about with the kingdom of heaven. And he begins with, these statements that um, are well known enough that people have heard of them outside of the context in which they were given. And Jesus is doing, um, I think, several things here. So, um, Jesus is, he's talking about what his kingdom is like. If you look at um, the beginning and the last of the um, general beatitudes there, blessed are the poor in spirit and blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. The, the blessing is the same, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So it's um, creating a kind of picture of, here is a look of what, the kingdom looks at, looks like, what the kingdom includes, what the kingdom is all about, and what, uh, what these, uh, phrases will do for his listeners will remind them of certain things. It's, um, not always, uh... Easy um, for us to remember that here Jesus is a Jew speaking to mostly Jews and he's not just pulling words out of thin air here so um, we'll see in a little bit that these are these are um, uh, words and phrases and um, images and ideas um, that Jesus pulls out um, from Scripture that um, these people um, would have recognized and would have understood Jesus to be um, communicating uh, several things. So, um, first, Jesus is the one that is explaining the kingdom. If you are explaining your kingdom you have to be in a place of authority right we get to we get to the end of the sermon on the mount and uh the end of chapter seven and the crowds are all amazed because jesus has been teaching with authority um right jesus uh gets to the end and he tells everyone authority has been given to me and that's why i'm giving it to you to go be my witnesses um, so you can't uh, have a king kingdom uh, without a king. A king without authority—that's not something that is going to work. And so we we mentioned this a, a little bit in our um, discussion on on Thursday. Wait, wait for nothing. <laughs> no, come on over. Come on. What? How are you doing, guys? Okay. Yeah, come on over. We we just started the. Uh, the sermon. Oh, really? I like your scooter. Perfect. Should, yeah, even use use it even folds up in everything. It's He's fly. I like your pink stool. <laughs> you should use it. Yeah, sit on it. Yeah, we, we just we just turned to uh Matthew five. We just started the sermon, so we're uh we're looking at uh at the Beatitudes right now. Tom, so. you should be sitting on that. <laughs> hey, I think I think every everybody's uh, everybody's everybody's, everybody's uh, seated. So I, I think that that works with the passage here, where we're in the in the spirit of uh, the passage. Being on the sermon. Yes. Mount. Yeah. Not quite on a mountainside, but on on a a, a grassy knoll or something, um, and. Uh, we're in the position, I think, of, of uh, a lot of these people, as we'll see from some of these passages in the Old Testament, um, that uh, right? They, they know their condition. They know the condition of uh, their people, their city, um, the empire. While the Jews here are... Um, living in the land they aren't really free they're still under Roman rule Roman oppression Uh, Rome is uh, the de facto um, kingdom of the world at this point um, because of their military might and bringing all these territories under their own rule and uh, So, as I was saying, uh, that we we discussed a little bit on on Thursday, um, talking about how do we start thinking about the Beatitudes, Um, Jesus, he's presenting his kingdom, and he's he's had the opportunity, right, in in chapter 4, in the temptation, uh, in the wilderness, Satan takes him to a mountain and says, if you'll bow down and worship me, all these kingdoms can be yours. And Jesus says that this is not um, this is not how um, the kingdom comes. He responds, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. This is the kingdom um, that Jesus is going to preach. That there's, there's only one that you can serve, right? We get to the point where he says you can't serve God and money, right? Um, he says, whatever you're putting um, against me that's um, not what my kingdom looks like and so here the Beatitudes, Jesus begins to present this kingdom is not like the kingdoms of the world, the kingdoms of the world whether um, all of the ones that uh, have been the nations around uh, Jerusalem throughout um, their history, whether they've been uh, ones that they've been kind of on the same level at, warring back and forth, like the Philistines or the Amalekites when they came into land, or uh, the Assyrians or the Babylonians or the Persians or the Romans. Um, they've all had their own kings. They've all enforced their way by military rule and conquest. And even when the, the Israelites came into the land, they saw the nations around them and said, we want our own king." And so here, Jesus is coming back to reestablish the fact that there's only one true king for the true people of God. And so this is part of what he is painting this picture through the Beatitudes, is if we think about who the world might say would be blessed, it probably doesn't necessarily sound like the beatitudes. If you if you look at the kind of people that Jesus is blessing, the groups of people that seem to be blessed in the kingdom, uh, they seem to be those that may have trouble getting ahead in the systems of the world. That they um, may not be the ones that would naturally come out on top, that probably the wouldn't... The misfits of society. Yeah, they're, they're not going to be on the covers of magazines or uh, gossip tabloids or whatever for being famous. Um, they're not going to be the ones that are taking advantage of their position to get ahead for themselves. Um... And so Jesus, first off, is saying that my kingdom, it doesn't run with the same principles that all the kingdoms of the world have always run with. There's something different going on. And for those who would be hearing this news, and um, for us, that is good news. These are people that they weren't at the top of Roman society or Jewish society or right in in this situation they've got diseases uh, demons uh, paralyzations Uh, he's gathered of the disciples so far he's only gathered four fishermen they're not the you know number one number one You know job that you go in to get a degree for to you know they're not in our society okay well okay well he's probably going to choose lawyers or doctors or whatever that you know parents make sure that their kids go to college for and are disappointed when they pick a different major right Hmm. um all these people that recognize that something is off with the world something is wrong with the way society's working and I think for a lot of us, right, we can, we can see those issues here and now, and they've always been available to see, but especially um, since the pandemic has started and some of us have had more time on our hands or more availability to see uh, the brokenness of different systems, neighborhoods, um, whether it's government or schools or the healthcare system or whatever it is, we see that, man, things aren't the way that they could be or should be. Um, It seems like there there are some people that are figuring out how to make it for themselves and a lot of people that are a lot like the crowds that are coming to Jesus. And so... That's part of what Jesus is doing here in the Beatitudes as he's saying that this kingdom is upside down, right? He talks a lot in the Gospels about the last being first and the first being last. That things aren't how you would expect them to be um, according to um, the world's way of thinking, but that God's way is different and so um, to just to just look at some of these um, there's there's a there's a whole lot um through uh through the old testament um especially uh the psalms and isaiah in particular um, but the prophets that jesus is is pulling out here um and so we we get in a in a couple weeks we'll talk about Jesus saying that I didn't come to abolish the law or the prophets. Okay. Yeah. And and so sometimes we can we can be tempted maybe to to think okay, Jesus is doing something new here and the old testament was bad and God's doing something better now and maybe the way God is relating to people is different or um, the things that God desires from people um, is different now in the Beatitudes. Like, did God, you know, change the way that he's relating? And so, I'm going to read uh, a few things that kind of relate to some of these Beatitudes. So, the first one, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And Isaiah uh, 57 Uh, Verse 15, this is what the high and exalted one says, who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Isaiah 66, two. These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit. And who tremble at my word. And it goes on in the next couple verses that those who sacrifice bulls or lambs or um, grain offerings or incense or whatever, God's not accepting that. They have chosen their own ways and delight in their abominations, so I'm gonna bring harsh treatment to them. For when I called, no one answered. When I spoke, no one listened. They did evil in my sight and chose what displeases me. Isaiah is saying, like, there's all these people that are going about their sacrifices and this is right a common theme through the prophets like hey you're you're doing all the uh the worship ceremonies and the sacrificial ceremonies and the offerings but I just wanted your heart and it's not there I wanted you um to be humble and be ready to listen to what I have to say and you think that because you are um, going about the right religious steps that I'm going to be pleased. Um, and that's not what I, I favor. I favor, I look on with favor. Those that I view as, as blessed are the humble and contrite in spirit. Right? Because we can, we can be concerned like, oh, is, is Jesus saying like, we have to do these things? We talked about this a little bit on Thursday, right? do we have to do these things in order to be blessed in order to enter the kingdom but but where does where does jesus start his preaching in in chapter four what's his first word that jesus says after after he comes out of the wilderness the kingdom of heaven heaven is near what does he ask us to do Repent. repent right the first word like oh repent you're like okay well jesus just wants us to come and and uh, you know love one another and he talks about that in the sermon right but he starts with repentance, repentance. Um, he starts with this is this is how the kingdom of heaven is near and if you want to be a part of it you got to change what you're doing you got to turn around and so the the poor in, in spirit are the ones who are looking and listening for God. Um, at the end of Isaiah, the, those verses in Isaiah 66, it says, For when I called, no one answered. When I spoke, no one listened. But the humble, the contrite in spirit, the poor in spirit, those are the ones who are ready to listen, who are ready to listen for God's calling. Um, right? They're... They, they can see the need for repentance, the need for things to change. Um, Luke just puts it simply, blessed are the poor. And so there's the, I think people have tried to decide, is this just like, for Matthew, is this just like a, a spiritual or a, a physical poverty? And I, I think that there, and other people do as well, that Matthew is getting at, at the whole thing here, right? Because... When when the prophets are using these kind of terminologies, it's because not just that people are going through the motions, but that they have been neglecting to love their neighbors. They've been neglecting to love the poor around them. And so um, the poor in spirit, those who who mourn, those who are meek, um, these are the people that are, are recognizing that... Um, something something is wrong for for the the morning we we think even if you turn back to to chapter two um when uh um herod sends uh sends yeah sends the uh soldiers after um the the magi you know trick him go back a different way and uh Jesus um, is spared because the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream. And so Herod kills all the boys in Bethlehem under two years old. And it says, Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping, great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. And this idea of of mourning, the, the following verses in Jeremiah, right after those, is this is what the Lord says. Restrain your voice from weeping, your eyes from tears, for your work will be rewarded. They will return from the land of the enemy, so there is hope for your descendants, declares the Lord. Your children will return to their own land. And the idea of mourning also comes from Isaiah chapter 61, which uh, Jesus reads at the beginning of his ministry, according to to Luke's gospel in chapter 4, that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. He's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom to the captives, release from darkness for prisoners, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty. And so this idea of mourning, being poor in spirit, they're connected to people that recognize not just that things are wrong with the world, but things aren't right with God's people. And they're longing, they're mourning for... That day, when God makes things right, they're longing for those promises to be fulfilled. When people will do God's will just as He intended. When um, God will reign just as He promised. And and so there, there's all of these uh, these phrases. Um, Of righteousness and and justice and peace that are talked about throughout um, Isaiah 61 that um, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor that um, instead of your shame instead of disgrace you'll receive you'll rejoice in your inheritance and inherit a double portion in your land that the, the meek will inherit the earth and everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice, hate robbery, and wrongdoing. In verse 9, it says, All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. And so Jesus here, he's, he's drawing from different parts of... Uh, the the writings, different parts of the prophets, and he's saying those things that you have known, that you have been reading, that you have been wondering, like, okay, we're we're back in the land, but we're not really, like, in the land. Is God ever going to be faithful to his promises? We're still under outside occupation. We still don't have the ability um, to be completely free to, to worship God, whatever those things that they're wondering about. He's saying, the kingdom of God is that. The kingdom of God that is near, that I'm offering as the king, as the one who is allowed to say who is blessed and who is not, who is allowed to say, um, yes, this person has space and room and entrance here that kingdom is here that that one that we've all been reading about in the synagogue growing up together I'm saying that now is the time and so um if you think about the meek inheriting of the earth, if you if you go through one of one of the things you might want to read this this week is is Psalm thirty-seven. But there's there's four verses in Psalm thirty-seven that say, The meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. Those the Lord blesses will inherit the land. The righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. Hope in the Lord and keep his way, he will exalt you to inherit the land. And so um Jesus is saying again these things that, that the Lord cares about, these attitudes that we, we see evidenced as, as people repent um, not just uh, for themselves but for their people these are the things that I am bringing in my kingdom um Matthew Wright talks later about um, when, when Jesus is entering Jerusalem on the donkey and in Matthew 21, um, he refers to, to Zechariah to say, this is fulfilled. Say to daughter Zion, your king comes to you gentle, meek, riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Um, that... Um, there is going to be that promise of um, living free um, as with God as your king in the land. Um, that is going to happen. And I think what we notice, right, in the first and the last year, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And all in the middle, it's they will be comforted. They will inherit the earth. They will be filled. They will be shown mercy. And so right he's saying that the the kingdom of heaven is near and it's it, it's it's possible for you to be a part of the kingdom of heaven but also these things are um going to happen in the future as well so there's this um what many people use the phrase like already and not yet right aspect of the kingdom that it's here and as as we look through the sermon there is there's the opportunity to live as people of the kingdom that evidence these qualities because we are a part of the kingdom, that we find ourselves to be um, growing in mercy and peacemaking and um, the ability to mourn over um, what is wrong, Um, all of those things as we participate in the kingdom, but that um, we're, we're doing that in light of what the, the final story is. We're living in the fullness of what will be fully one day. But Jesus, he just goes on and, and brings, out, brings out all of the, these qualities that um, God has always desired in his people but but ties them all together and says right from the beginning we've been looking for how to get back to having god as our king without us um messing things up and we messed it up in the garden we we messed it up as soon as noah got off the boat the first story is them messing up right um he, he, call, he calls Abraham, and the first couple stories is them not getting the promise right and not being patient. Um, they get out of Egypt, and the first thing they want to do is go back, right? Oh um, they make the calf. They get into Israel, and, you know, the whole book of Judges is everyone does what is right in their own eyes. And they, uh, you know, get to the point, and they're like, well, we just want a king like everybody else. I've always but God gives in and he says okay and now Jesus is saying you know all of that that promises that that one day um, you read about in Isaiah and Jeremiah um, of what would be it's coming true now and it's coming through me I am that one, I am that king. This is my kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Psalm 73, verse 1, Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. Psalm 24, Who can ascend the mountain of the Lord and stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Right. None of, none of these things are brand new. None of these things are things that um, you couldn't have understood on their own in terms of qualities that God would desire. But when they're all put together, they let people understand that this is the time of the kingdom. This really is what Jesus is talking about. This really is good news because when these promises come, right, we think of um, uh, about those who are hungering and thirsting um, for righteousness, and those who are are seeking to make peace, um, that want things to be made right, so that peace is actually true peace and not just you know like a cold war Um, and uh, Psalm 85 it says listen to what the Lord God says he promises peace to his people his faithful servants surely his salvation is near to those who fear him that his glory may dwell in our land love and faithfulness meet together righteousness and peace kiss each other in in the promises of isaiah chapter 9 which um matthew had quoted right in uh in chapter 4 about the land of Nephilim and uh zebulun and naphtali seeing a great light right the the passage of isaiah that we read at christmas of the greatness of his government and peace the prince of peace there will be no end he will reign on david's throne and over his kingdom Establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. His his people have who are the remnant, those who would be the ones that find the narrow road, right, that at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. They have always been the ones that have longed for, desired, hungered and thirst for righteousness, for peace. Isaiah 32 says, he's talking about, you know, all these things are going wrong until the Spirit is poured out from us, on us, from on high. The desert will become a fertile field, and the fertile field seems like a forest. The Lord's justice will dwell in the desert. His righteousness live in the fertile field. The fruit of that righteousness will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. My people will live in peaceful dwelling places, in secure homes, in undisturbed places of rest. All of those things that the people who would be reading Matthew's gospel originally, the people that would have originally heard in Jesus' presence these Beatitudes, they would have been noticing, man, he is fulfilling that passage. Those things that Matthew is saying, this was done so that it would be fulfilled. Man, maybe he really is that person. And now he's talking about this this kingdom of heaven. And he's saying that it's the kingdom, it's the reign of God with his people that God has been promising. and, And it's apparently coming through Jesus. And... And not only that is he's he's presenting it to all the people that you wouldn't think he would present it to first. All the all these people who they're they're longing for things to be made right. They they don't necessarily even have the the power to to do anything about it, the resources to do anything about it, but they recognize what's wrong and they are Attempting to do what is, is right in, in their space by, by showing mercy and, and all of these things and right, even, even bringing it up they may be persecuted because of righteousness because of the fact that they're looking for something different than what everyone else is looking for that they, they stick out because they're longing for something else And this is the kingdom that Jesus is offering. That he not just is blessing, but he is the blessing. That he's the one who is allowed to say, these groups are blessed. And they're blessed because I am fulfilling what everyone has been longing for. Not... They're not blessed because they have uh, achieved this checklist of, of doing all these things and now they're a part of the kingdom. They're blessed because I am bringing this type of kingdom and as people repent and come to me, these are the type of people they end up finding themselves to be. These are the type of people that end up being a part of my kingdom. Right, Jesus says in, in Matthew 19 later on when they don't want to let the children come to, to come to him and he's like, no, the kingdom is made up of such as these. Like these are the kind of groups of people that are a part of my kingdom and these types of people are a part of my kingdom. And we'll see as we go on that all of these, um, these things as qualities, Jesus will encourage us um to do to be pure in heart, to be peacemakers, to um, be meek and not violent and return um, anger or evil for the same um, there w- there will be an aspect that we that we live into this and um and i I think I think it's it's okay right we we sometimes want to say okay well there there's um all right we we believe and now Jesus asks us to do things and so we need to have we need to, this feels like oh man is is um is Jesus saying there there's there's something special uh about these people and i have to i have to do this in order to earn his blessing and he's saying no i am bringing the blessing the the blessing where um god always promised back from the beginning of gathering his people and giving the law and saying I know you're gonna mess up one day I'm bringing everybody back everybody's coming home and all of those things that are messed up in your life that are messed up in your heart um, that are messed up in your community uh, that are messed up in your world I'm gonna make those right I'm gonna make those Pure. There's not going to be war anymore. There's going to be peace. There's not going to be sin anymore because the law is going to be in your heart. Everything that is broken is going to be made new. Just like Isaiah said in, in, in 32 there, that the desert is, is going to turn in, uh, to a garden, into a, a forest, and there's nothing that's going to be able to stop it. And Jesus says, that is available to all of those. These fishermen, these people suffering severe pain and demon-possessed and various diseases. And these people from all around Jerusalem, Judea, across the Jordan, it doesn't matter. Jesus says, in me, in my kingdom all of these blessings are available it's near just repent and enter and it is for you and that is the beauty not that these are describing um, together they are not describing Exactly who I need to be to be in the kingdom they are describing the kingdom that is coming that is available for me that is available for you that is available for us that is near that is good news the good news of the kingdom is that the king is here to make things right and that He invites us to be a part of his kingdom. And so that as we follow him, as we enter this kingdom, we have the promise that as we become these type of people as part of his kingdom, that even blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Those people who met God, who had the call from God, who followed God and said, Hey, to the people around them, it doesn't seem like we are following God right now. Repent. The kingdom is here. When we follow in those footsteps, of course, we may receive the same kind of unjust and unwelcome reception right? but even in that, blessed are you your reward in heaven is great, you are a part of the kingdom of heaven, you have inheritance in the kingdom of heaven and this kingdom that has no end that is full of righteousness and justice and peace is yours And so in the midst of that, you can rejoice and be glad because the kingdoms of this world, the blessings of this world alone outside of of Jesus are not the ones that last, are not the treasures that last, as he'll talk about. And that is also good news.